Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick with Let'sLevelUp.net. I am joined, uh, pretty much as always, by my good friend and co-broadcaster here. Uh, I'm Aaron Brosman. I'm the creative director slash designer at uh, Arcane Wonders. And I lost at Twilight Imperium yesterday. Oh, brutal, man, brutal. You know, one of those games... <laughs> That takes, you know, you, you said yours took only six hours. Yeah, no, it was lightning fast. We we, we got it done <laughs> at six hours, but that was including that was including like half an hour for lunch that we got brought to us. So, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. we just we we burned right through it. But of course, uh, I ended up losing by basically one point. Oh but man, it was super fun. Uh, the Necrovirus RR overlords and masters. So. <laughs> Well, as long as you had a good time, man. It's a, to me, there's nothing better than spending an afternoon just gaming, you know, with some of your close buddies. And that's a to me, that's always fun. No, it was fantastic. Uh, big news this week on the Arcane Wonders front. The Mage Wars Companion app is now available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. So if you haven't got it, you should get it. Um, it's a really cool way to not only play the game, or rather... Um, uh, keep track of your life totals and mana and whatnot throughout the game, but you can also go through there and build spells, and, uh, or rather build books, and 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 have a nice little spellbook builder on the go. So um, I believe uh, the price on Google Play was five ninety nine. I'm not quite sure what it was on iTunes, but um, I think it's generally I, I, around the same I thing. I thought it was four ninety nine, but uh, okay. I I in a horrible horrible bit of. Uh... Uh, guilt. I haven't gotten mine yet, <laughs> um, but that's also because um, apps like that on my phone generally. I tried to track a game once on my phone. Uh, Two thirds of the way through it, I was no longer able to receive calls. Oh no! <laughs> because my phone was dead with its battery. My phone is not the best. Sure. So it's one of those ones that flips yeah, up. I'm guys. excited to get it, but at the yeah. same time, I'm. Uh, not sure what I'm going to do about the battery life on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, <clears throat> one of the things to keep in mind, um, if you get the app and you think, man, I love this, but this app would be really great if they had X or Y or Z. Um, there's a thread in our forums for any suggestions you have for the app. Um, there's a thread in our forums. If you find any bugs in the app, um, like if you, if something's not calculating right for you or <clears throat> you um, can't put certain spells in your spellbook or something like that, um, if you see anything like that, there's a thread for that too. Um, there have been a few, but the great part is our, uh, our developers, uh, we've been basically talking with them all weekend, and they're like, no, we've been, we've been watching... Um, a lot of the feedback, and um, we're already working on solutions to a lot of the issues brought up, and we're working on uh, a lot of the features that people have requested. So we're really excited. Um, as good as the app is now, I can guarantee it's going to get better. Um, For sure, yeah. So, uh, so if you end up uh, if you end up getting our fantastic companion app. Um, just remember that if you think of a great idea or if you see something that's not in to use an old robot phrase does not compute um 
then just let us know. We're we're happy <coughs> we're happy to have that feedback. And our developers, um, they've been they've been pretty uh, pretty excited about uh, hitting a lot of these things that people are asking for and that people have seen. Um, so they're they're hard at work and they they need us to make sure that that all the feedback you guys give us that we're able to pass along to them because they can they can watch you know they can watch some of the forums um, but they they don't see all of the interactions with all of our fans that we do um, and so we've been you know compiling all this uh, all this feedback together all the all the the stuff that people have talked about or asked for, anything like that, and just getting it to them. So awesome. um, it's been pretty cool. I'm really excited, uh, really excited to see um, to see what they end up adding. Um, and I like any app; it's an ongoing process, um, but uh, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, man, it looks it looks incredible. It feels incredible, and. Um... <coughs> I think all in all, I'm not one to generally bring tech into games. Not anymore. About about five years ago, it would have been a much different story for me, but I'm kind of slowly turning into a technophobe. Um, but uh, um, I, I definitely see that this could be a help, especially if you have you know, a couple boards and you want to roll um, you know, two games of Mage Wars concurrently and you don't have like the stones or the wooden cubes for two sets of tableaus or whatever. So this is a good way just to track that, I think. Um, which is what I'm going to primarily be using it for, outside of just book, uh, um, building up uh, books. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Again, it's on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure that um, you you look at that soon because it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, Aaron and I had an idea what we wanted to do for an episode, and uh, kind of coming across this from, um, you know, I've been playing a for years and years now, uh, quite a bit of Magic the Gathering. And one of the big, you know, kind of meta decks that you can build in Magic is a, is a control deck, right? So it's not necessarily, it's, a, it's an alternate win condition. I'm not just going to beat you down. I'm going to stop you at what you're doing, and then I'm going to beat you down. Um, and it's one of those things that Aaron and I have been talking about and thought that, you know, there's quite a few spells within the Mage Wars universe that are great control spells, and it's ways for us to... Um, kind of bring that to the table. So we're going to be talking about all about control for the rest of this episode and how you can play control, how you can build a good control book, and what are some of the key spells that are going to allow you to do that. So, um, Aaron, are there any mages out of, out of, the, out of the group of mages now um, that have good control just right off the bat, like uh, naturally? Well, whenever, whenever you talk about control... Um... The wizard always ends up coming to the forefront, mm -hmm. um, and and this is because of his inherent flexibility. Um, he's he's got training in arcane, which is fantastic. I mean, um, traditionally speaking, in control there are a few things you can do. Um, you can either stop people from playing things. You can destroy the things once they come into play. You can uh, control the thing once it comes into play. So basically, um, you know, 
in magic terms, like tap it down or mm -hmm. something that's going to make it so that it's not a threat anymore. Right. Um, and th those are all things you can do to kind of uh, control things as they're played. Um, and the wizard, <coughs> the wizard has fantastic access to the second one, which is uh, destroying things once they're played. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he's got he's got inherent training with uh, arcane, so he's got the spell. He's got uh, destroy magic. He's got um, purge magic. Uh, so he's he's got he's got a handle on um, destroying enchantments once they come into play. Um, if he chooses to, he can be trained in water. And if he's trained in water, then he has access to dissolve. Um, and so, from a very base level, if all you're worried about is removing <coughs> removing threats that your opponent's playing. Um, the wizard has uh, kind of the easy access to that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and I think... But I'm, apart... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, apart <laughs> from that, um, sometimes it's just a matter of... Uh, a matter of how you want to look at it. Uh, and by that, I mean... Um, there are definitely control aspects for each of the other mages. Mm -hmm. um, the druid, uh, the druid has a lot of fantastic control aspects. Um, I would not want to play her as a control mage. Um, as I said before, <clears throat> the best way to keep people off of your off of your your tree bond is to get aggressive and to get in their face mm -hmm. because then they have to deal with you. Um, so if you take it slow and go straight for all the control aspects of the druid, unfortunately, you're going to let your opponent kind of pick what they want to go after, and there's not much you're going to do to stop them from destroying your tree should they decide, you know, if they're given time and decide, hey, I want to go after his tree, <coughs> uh, then... More likely than not, they'll be able to take it down. Um, so, whereas the druid, I think, has a lot of great control stuff, the druid is a master of um, restraining people. Right. Which, which that that can absolutely control. That like that's absolutely creature control. Yeah. Um, you you but, bring up a very good point right there, Aaron. Yeah. Um, is that control is? I almost when I compare magic and I compare mage wars. Mage Wars almost has uh, ma ma magic is almost two dimensional, whereas Mage Wars is three dimensional, and and I say that only for the fact that we have the arena. The arena in itself is an environment, and it's actually a player, almost a, an NPC of the game, right? Um, my positioning of my characters really matters. If I could play like like Aaron's suggesting, if I could play a druid and root you into place, now that creature can't move, and now you can't move, and or I could you know cast teleport and bounce you across the arena and now you're out of range to do what you're wanting to do so there's almost a really a third dimension of control that really can be uh i think analyzed for days and um and, and just just when you talk about being able to manipulate what's on the board because positioning in mage wars is huge and it's something that's really non-existent in magic well i do think that um a large part of any sort of uh uh, control build or any sort of uh, um, 
you know, non-agro build is using that that space. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> learning to learning to manipulate um, where the board is and what's going on and what you're doing <coughs> gives you uh, gives you great opportunity. Like the biggest thing with any aggro spellbook is that once you start putting damage on them, you want to try and put damage on them every round. Well, the control book is always trying to look for a way to get a reprieve. They're right. always they're always trying to go, okay, you've spent all these resources to try and get damage on me this round. What's the minimum amount of resources I can spend to stop you? Right. Um, and it's that kind of race. And whereas... <coughs> Whereas in magic, when you're going for a uh, when you're going for a control theme, um, it's all about what's the least amount of mana I can spend to neutralize this threat. Um, and magic, you know, magic has things like hero uh, heroes downfall, where you're going to spend three and you're going to destroy them. You know, right? Uh, <clears throat> whereas we don't have that, so it becomes a much tighter kind of line. Um, Instead of being able to go, oh, I killed a, a five mana creature with a two mana uh, a two mana spell or a three mana spell, mm-hmm. um, Mage Wars is okay. They have a eleven mana creature. <coughs> um, if I throw a Tangle Vine on it, well, that's going to keep it out of my hair for a couple of rounds, and that's going to cost me five mana. Um, and what can I do to capitalize on that time? Um, sometimes. Uh, I realize this is crazy, but sometimes when I'm playing Mage Wars, it, it depending on my spellbook, it feels a bit like hockey. Um, <laughs> I'll throw a Tangle Vine on a creature, and I effectively am like, I'm on a power play. I have that one out of the game for a while. What yeah. can I do to capitalize on this? Yeah, time? that one just got two minutes in the box for icing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and it's but it's very true. Is it's about you know taking advantage of those. Uh, of those times, um, but definitely in Mage Wars, because of the way things are costed, um, try like ideally you want to gain that advantage. You want to spend less mana, less actions, to stop something that your opponent paid more mana, more actions for. So it's all about uh, it's all about increasing your action efficiency. Um, <coughs> now. The problem with that is that the way things are costed is they're meant to be roughly equal. I mean, there's a reason that that dissolve costs whatever it costs to put the equipment on there. Um, you know, so <coughs> so if they play something and you dissolve it, um, you've spent one action, they've spent one action, you've spent X mana, they've spent X mana. Um, the only difference there is they had the potential to possibly have gotten some use out of it in that brief interim between you destroying it and them playing it. Uh, and and part of that is uh, the assumption that um, if the game if the game is really tight, um, then your opponent is probably not going to be able to prep a dissolve every round. So we, most of the time, they're going to be dissolving something the round after you play it. 
So you're going to get <clears throat> that use out of it. So something like that, you're not gaining you're not gaining any actions over your opponent. You're not gaining any mana over your opponent. So you have to try and find ways to do that. Um so it's 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 uh finding ways to handle your opponent's threats for less mana and hopefully less actions. <coughs> so mm -hmm. the biggest th the biggest thing there um as far as control goes um you the first thing you want to look at is what like what you're afraid of how how do you think your opponent's going to beat you because that determines how you like the answers you put in your spellbook <coughs> if you're <clears throat> if your opponent is coming at you with knights of westlock and uh um you know angels stuff like that then you have access to a completely different suite of spells to handle that. Um, something like something like a sleep um, works exceptionally well against <laughs> against uh, brutal living creatures. Mm -hmm. um, things like uh, Thorg, yeah, Thorg. Um, things like Knight of Westlock. Things like that, where they're really solid. Uh, dangerous living creatures, being able to sleep them knocks them out for for multiple rounds, hopefully. Or your opponent has to waste an action <coughs> to handle it. Right. That is a great example of trying to gain in that situation. You will have spent some mana, <coughs> uh, and obviously they spent mana on the creature, but they're going to have to spend an action to match the one you spent um, to wake them up, because otherwise they're going to stay out. Now, um, sleep is a great example of a way to try and get up on that. However, as I'm sure people are going to are going to mention, it doesn't work on non-living. Well, not non-living. It doesn't work on psychic immune creatures, right. of which many non-living are. Um, and so you kind of have to go. Uh, Kinda have to go a different direction. Um. I'm a big fan of of the, just the uh, excuse me the air school and lightning spells specifically within that, just just for the chance to stun some of those things. And I don't, I don't believe um, there there are some creatures that stun isn't going to be applicable for. Uh, correct, Aaron? Um, actually. <coughs> Stun is always good. Stun is always unless, good, okay. Uh, obviously, unless they're, like, immune to lightning, of which I don't think there are any off the top of my head. Okay. Watch it. I'll, I'll be wrong, but, <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you but stun... Go ahead. Stun as a condition is always applicable. <laughs> yeah, so, so throw something like uh, Chain Lightning. If you got a couple Knights of Westlock bearing down on you, Chain Lightning, both of them. And hope you can get, uh, you know, there's about a 75% chance that you're going to throw a stun condition on there. Um, at least a 50% chance uh, to get days. So um, just just looking at some of your uh, attack spells, if you want to be a little bit more um, offensive with your control, there are plenty of attack spells. Almost all the lightning spells, I believe, will have the ability to daze and stun. Um, 
Yeah, lightning lightning spells on the whole, um, and th this varies slightly on a case-by-case -case basis, but generally speaking, lightning has almost a 50% chance to stun them, or almost a 50% chance to daze them, and only slightly less than that chance to stun them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty great. Now, something to keep in mind, <coughs> if... If stun is where you want to go, if that's what you want to do, the best thing you can play is Akira's Favor. Um, Akira's Favor lets you re-roll um, a whole bunch of different stuff, but you only get to do it once. Um, a lot of times, if you have a huge die attack, you're going to want to re-roll, or rather I should say, if you don't have an interesting effect, you're going to want to re-roll your dice, your attack dice to try and ensure that you <coughs> that you get a good number of damage on there. But where it becomes really potent is re-rolling that, um, that effect roll. <coughs> so yeah. if you can take, if you can take, uh, you know, stun at like 40-50% and re-roll it, well that takes you from like the 40-50% range to like the 60-75% range, and it becomes much more reliable. <coughs> now, it's obviously it's never guaranteed, mm -hmm. but um, that is something to keep in mind, <coughs> is uh, anytime, anytime your enchantments are going to help you um, improve what you can do, that's that's a way to gain mana on the situation. And what I mean by that is, <coughs> if I cast a lightning bolt, lightning bolts uh, eight eight mana. Um, if I have a Hawkeye on myself, then um, then I'm rolling one extra die. So effectively, every time I cast one of these spells. <coughs> I'm increasing its effectiveness. So the more spells I cast, the effectively it's it's like virtual mana. It's as though I it's as though I cast a bigger spell. Mm -hmm. So after a few spells, you've made up the cost of your of your Hawkeye, and now you're trying to, um, you know, you're effectively getting ahead in mana. <coughs> um, now the beauty of that is, like I said before. If your opponent is completely reliant on destroying your stuff after it's played, um, you get to play the enchantment, reveal the enchantment, and you can play your spell <coughs> before he destroys it. So if he destroys it at that point, um, you will have both spent a quick action. You will have both spent three mana. But one of you got an extra die worth of damage before it was destroyed. Hmm. Um, and that that's 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 more of a that's more of looking at it in tempo, but the point being <coughs> if you can keep if you can keep those things around, Akira's favor, um, Hawkeye, stuff like that, then <coughs> they make they make these actions that you're paying mana for effectively worth more than you're paying them for paying for them. Ugh. Cannot speak. <laughs> <coughs> so, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, 
but like like I said, destroying that stuff is uh, is uh, one way to kind of try and control the game, um, and it can be very effective <coughs> because I would say it takes a very cunning player to be able to get the most out of their uh, equipment and enchantments when they know that their opponent is packing plenty of destruction. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where it comes into um, that first idea, which is trying to stop your opponent from doing things. Um, <coughs> now, obviously in Mage Wars, there are, there are not many counters. Um, <coughs> in fact, in the base set, I think there are two things that can counter spells. Mm -hmm. Well... Yeah, two things that can counter spells. You have Nullify, and you have Jinx. And they both have uh, very different uses. Um, but the big thing with Nullify... But the big thing with both of them is you have to anticipate what your opponent's going to do. Because the best part about them... <coughs> the best part about them is not necessarily that they counter a spell. It's that if you're in a good position, you're spending an action to negate your opponent's action. Right. <clears throat> and so, like, for instance, oh, my opponent plays a Dremelec. I don't like a Dremelec. So let's say I put a... Um, let's say I put a Force Crush on him. <coughs> Well, the minute I do that, I know my opponent is probably going to try and get a Dremelec out of that. Mm -hmm. Or <coughs> he's going to, uh, you know, teleport a Dremelec to me or something like that. So if I can get a Jinx on him before the next time he has a chance to cast then it's completely possible that my opponent has is going to waste an action trying to trying to uh, to uncontrol for lack of a better term uh, to uncontrol the uh, the adrenalek and so it's it's about that anticipation um, and so you can you can use jinx to try and buy yourself time um, and nullify works in a very similar way, but it kind of does it, it works differently. Um, yes, it's going to buy you an action, it's going to buy you time, <coughs> but you have to be careful and make sure that it is on whatever you don't want stuff cast on. I mean, which sounds really simple, but to use our Adrimalek example, you could not use nullify to stop them from uh, disenchanting your... Um, from disenchanting your Force Crush. You could put a Nullify on a Dremelec to stop them from teleporting him. So it's a matter of uh, what you think the threat is, what you think the play your opponent's most likely to do is, and anticipating that. Right. Um, and I will say Nullify, Nullify does have the potential of getting you ahead in mana, um, because whatever spell it stops it's going to cost four mana. It's going to cost two to play it, two to reveal it. Um, 
And so if someone, for instance, is teleporting something one square, one zone, um, you lost one mana uh, effectively on that transaction. I'm not going to lie. Most of the time it's still worth it because that's pretty great. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, a teleport will have far more implications than that. Um, if they cast a spell such as, um, drain life, that's 12 mana. Um, I know I've had, I've had games where simply having the face down enchantment on myself and my opponent knew that I was running several nullifies he he had to play around that and he kept trying to uh kept trying to bait it and see what it was because he didn't want to throw 12 mana at me just to have me spend 4 right and tell him no um and i guess uh that's that's a big part of control <coughs> a, the like aggro you're trying to put damage on them. Um, and I'm not trying to make this, uh, I'm not trying to make this sound like aggro is an easy book and, uh, control is a hard book. No. Um, aggro has very clear goals. Mm -hmm. And despite the state of the game, their goals do not change. My goal is to get damage on you. My goal is to do it, you know, almost in any way possible. My goal is to, you know, increase the amount of damage I can get on you turn after turn. Um, <clears throat> which goes back to what Alex um, Alex was saying when he was on the podcast. Um, his entire spellbook was designed to continuously increase the amount of damage it could put on a mage, and to do so. So, <clears throat> that's, the, that's the idea on aggro. It's more, their goals are more straightforward, and their goals do not change. When playing control... It's about assessing threats and responding quickly and appropriately. Um, so it's it's a trickier to play because um, you have, you know, your opponent throws a threat down. You have effectively one opportunity to ha to come up with the perfect response and to do so quickly. Um, and that's where uh, that's where anticipating what your opponent's going to play really comes into it. Um, that's where knowing a lot of spell books is really going to come into it. That's where um, being very familiar with cards is going to come into it. <clears throat> so I would say um, that a control book, your, uh, your goals over the course of a game could change. Um, like, oh, at the beginning, if I'm playing control, my goal might be crap. Um, I know I'm playing against a warlock. Mm -hmm. So that means that my goal is to stop his curses. How do I do that? Well, obviously, um, obviously I'm a control player, so I packed um, several dispels. <coughs> but assuming my opponent is good, because I'm always going to assume that my opponent is good until he proves me otherwise. <laughs> um, assuming my opponent is good he's going to have multiple copies of important curses. Right. He's going to have... <coughs> um, he's going to play the curses in an intelligent order so that I feel the need to, dispel, to waste my dispels on the wrong curses right. instead of the right ones. 
um, he's going to do that. So, so if I'm playing control and my opponent, for instance, is playing a warlock, then I'm trying to find, <clears throat> my goal is to find ways to make it so that however much enchantment removal I put in my spellbook is enough. Um, whether that's, oh, um, I put a purify in here so that I can get rid of a, a poison blood and a ghoul rod at the same time. Or whether it's, uh, oh, um, I'm going to save my last, or I'm going to save a dispel <coughs> um, and try and play equipment so that he destroys it so that I can get out in a, a, a mage wand with the spell on it because that'll be great. <coughs> it's all about identifying these threats um, and having a solution to them quickly. So, <coughs> hmm, sorry about the coughing. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> but that's that's the big thing about control. Whereas, whereas aggro books come to the game with their game plan already laid out. Um, and absolutely, well-played aggro books, um, they're going to have contingency plans. They're going to go, this is my plan. I know that my opponent can do X, Y, Z against me. So, I have this to deal with that. Um, it's like Al Alex was talking about, <clears throat> you know, something like an Adremelech or something like a big angel. Um, he had a banish because, yep, you spend all this mana to get a creature that is hopefully going to swing the game back in your favor. Well, I'm going to say that I think with three more turns, I can finish this. So it's about, it's about those kind of solutions. Um, and... I would definitely say that when when building a control style spellbook, <coughs> you have to be incredibly mindful of the books you are likely to encounter and the spells that you are likely to see played against you, because a good control book, a good control book is not going to be able to just play its own game. Um, it has to identify the threats that, that it, its opponent plays and, uh, you know, kind of come up with its game plan as you play. <coughs> so uh, that that is a, a big thing with Major Wars. Now, all of that being said, it is still possible to come to the game with a... with your own game plan, with a... a a control book, I'm just always going to say that you have to be more flexible. You have to, you have to be able to identify the threats and to see what's, what needs you to, what, what's going to necessitate you to change your, your, uh, your plan. Um, Very light instance, on your feet for sure. Absolutely. No, it's because you're trying to eke out that advantage. Right. And you can't do it just going head to head and just beating your face against them. Um because you're trying to you're trying to get ahead both on the board <clears throat> eventually on the, the, the damage race. Now, um a good example of a spell book that actually goes and <laughs> It's a control book, but it comes with its own 
battle plan. Like it, it knows what it wants to do, so it <coughs> it has a, a very particular set of things it's scared of. Like there are things that it's like, okay, I have to deal with these. Um, but the cool part about it is that it's already well set up to handle a myriad of other things. Um, uh, if you haven't gone to the forums and looked up Charmia's Blasting Banker, that is a kind of quintessential look at a control build. Um, it's The whole idea on it is that he, he simply loads himself up with, with equipment, uh, lots of armor, <coughs> um, and he sits there and weathers your attack. That's his whole goal, is to be a wizard who sits there with, you know, three to five armor um, and weathers your attack until he has enough mana that he can basically string two turns together and uh, burn you down all at once. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, it's a super cool book. Um, but... It also has very specific weaknesses. Now, the beauty of that book is that <coughs> he kind of came to it with this idea that, oh, you know, most books are going to try and throw some creatures at me, throw some damage on me. So, you know, he has a lot of he has a lot of armor. He has the veteran's belt to make it so that it's tougher to get through his armor. Um, he has, uh, if I remember right, he has regrowth belt. Um, it's a very simple spell book with a ton of spells. Um, so it's very hard to kind of just, it's hard to attrition him. You don't sit there and go, oh, I'm going to keep playing until he runs out of spells. Because I can almost guarantee he has more spells than you. <coughs> um, but the whole idea is he uses a... Um, uses a battle forge to put more equipment on himself so that he has those extra actions. Um, and then he very meticulously destroys things that he needs removed. Um, <laughs> so, like, the thing is, he's got tons of armor. He's got ways to heal. So traditional damage is almost never what he's afraid of. Um, yes, a Brogan Bloodstone's kind of scary, but <coughs> um, on the whole, uh, traditional damage is not what he's afraid of. Now, you throw a uh, you throw a warlock at him, and then he's like, "Okay, I have to be afraid of um, I have to be afraid of burn counters," um, which is why the armor that he runs is uh, the Dragonscale Hallbrook. He runs several of them, because that's what he's afraid of. Um, anything that's going to do damage to him without having to roll dice. If it has a way of getting around his armor, then that's something that's worthy of his attention. So he's got you know, plenty of dispels to try and deal with um, you know, curses that are, are, are going to do damage, like uh, ghoul rot, um, stuff like that. <coughs> He's got, um, he's got dissolves to try and get dissolves and, and stuff to try and get rid of your armor. 
Um, he runs Acid Balls for the same purpose. His goal is to have a bunch of mana, have you at zero armor, and then be able to throw um, basically four fireballs at you in ra rapid succession. Um, and that is surprisingly effective. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that yeah. book is an excellent example. Um, like, uh, there were a couple months where I was playing that book a lot, uh, simply just to see how it worked, um, um, you know, what was up. And I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a shockingly fun book to play. Um, but I was playing at an event down in Marion, and... One of the games I lost was because I could not anticipate my opponent's strategy fast enough. Um, he was playing a very unusual book. He had a very unusual opening. He um, did not do what I expected. So I... And I was not thinking on my feet fast enough to be able to make the appropriate response. Um, I played a good game... Uh, I'd say I did very well. Um, I have no, I have no shame losing to this gentleman because uh, the year previous he won the Gen Con tournament. So guy knows his stuff. He's, he's very, he's a very good player, and I'm happy to play him any <laughs> chance I get. Um, but the thing was, <clears throat> I could not anticipate what he was doing fast enough. And so he was able to get me because I had wasted so much time and actions. And it wasn't... And the thing to keep in mind is... I know we talked about this before, but the first thing you want to do when you're playing is make sure that your actions are all useful. They're all accomplishing something. Right. Um, because completely wasted actions are really going to be a hindrance on your game. Um, they're really going to make it difficult for you to, to pull out victories. The second thing there is trying to make sure that all of your actions are the most useful. And that's where I failed. I had all <laughs> all my actions all my actions were useful. They were all going it was all forward momentum. <clears throat> but my opponent had managed to play in such a way that I was not getting the maximum benefit out of my actions and he was. He was getting the maximum benefit out of his actions. And so <clears throat> he ended up taking control of that game. And, and, and obviously I lost, as I've already mentioned. <laughs> but um, we're gonna, we're gonna that's have a to big thing with the, control. Uh, we're going to have to strike this from the record because the indomitable Aaron Brosman never loses. So just, just remember that, guys. Oh, no, I totally yeah. – um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I let him win. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't crush me completely. That's not yeah. – yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it was his first um, game, and he wanted to make sure he liked the game. <laughs> nah, um, it was a really great game. I was, I was, at the end of it, it was, it was a really great game. But my, that's that's kind of my point. My biggest point with control, especially in Mage Wars, <clears throat> is that you only have so much, you only have so many resources, and it's your goal to keep me from doing from doing my business as usual with as little resources as possible um and so that's always something to keep in mind um yep. 
it's always it's a weird sort of path of least resistance. You want to find the 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 easiest way to deal with something most completely. Um, and yes, sometimes that's going to be oh I I force hold this guy over here. Um, sometimes it's going to be oh I have to banish this guy. Uh, sometimes it's going to be well I just need to kill him. Um, but it's all about making it take the least amount of actions and mana right. uh, to deal with the situation. Yeah, that's that's all very interesting, man. The um, definitely a lot to chew on this episode for sure. Um, we are we are just about there on time. In fact, a little over on time. So I wanted to say a couple quick things um, before we had went ahead and finished um, with this guy. Uh, first and foremost, I want to do a special congratulations to Violent Ray on the um, on the Mage Wars forums. Uh, him, him and his wife just welcomed their first child, I believe, into this world. So congratulations, buddy. I've seen a couple pictures of him, and he looks uh, absolutely adorable. So uh, congrats again, man. He, he's he's already claimed the uh, the Mage Wars Gen Con Championship uh, several years down the road. So we're <laughs> we're gonna have to look out for this kid. <laughs> nice, very nice. Um, <laughs> on top of that, uh, just a quick reminder again, make sure you get the Major Wars uh, app. It's definitely going to be, the, rather the companion app, it's definitely going to be something I think is going to be able to help uh, pimp out your game, for lack of a better term. And um, on top of that, uh, in non-Arcane Wonders news, uh, just another quick shout-out to my friends at Lamplight Games, which is the publishing studio that will be publishing my first game um, coming out later this year. Uh, they had just received their first uh, copies of their first game, um, Space Junk, uh, which uh, Scott Morris actually did a review on his Crit Tappen channel um, many moons ago. Now, uh, they just got that first uh, shipment in, and uh, pre-orders are available on the Lamplight Games uh, web store. So check that out. Looks like a really fun game, uh, really kind of silly, uh, light-themed game. And I think if you guys are into different board games, that may be one to check out as well. So. Aaron, do you have anything that you would like to add on top of this discussion? Uh, the last thing I would like to add is I know that I keep hitting on the fact that you have to be light on your feet and you have to be good at identifying threats and you have to be, like, all this stuff that makes it sound very difficult. And I would say um, playing playing any game at an exceptional level is always going to be difficult, but... Mm-hmm. Don't let this dissuade you. If you want to try a control build, go for it. Because the only way you get any good with it is practice. Um, and the only way you know what what are real threats and what's really going to stop your strategy and what's really going to ruin your spellbook is by playing it and playing against a lot of people. Right. And playing in a wide a wide range. So <clears throat> I would encourage you. Uh, I would encourage you to give it a try. And don't be, don't be discouraged and don't be dissuaded. Um, I think the more you try and stretch yourself, uh, the better a player you're going to be. So, yeah, I, I definitely. That's agree my with little. That. The more you know. Yeah. No, no, no. Just one little, one little note on top of that. The, the more you play the <clears> game, the easier it's going to be. Um, the faster, you, the shorter your games you're going to get. You know, if you're playing with similarly experienced players. Um, you're going to have to spend less time 
thinking about or rather reading your book as you're <clears> playing and you're just going to know the spells just from seeing their art after a while and you're going to be able to see a spell drop and know that I've got 15 possibilities within my book to be able to handle that particular threat um, it takes a little while and it, it takes a few games to really start to get there and uh, I definitely think and of course if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know um, that, that Mage Wars is a very rewarding game and it's one of those games that I think the more that you can put into it, the definitely the more you're going to get out of it. Out of it, rather. And that's that's what I feel. So, um, thank you, everybody. Well, for def- oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say I would definitely say the first few times you try and play any spellbook, there's always that stage of, "Wow, I'm an idiot. I should have included X." Yep. <laughs> and my my personal favorite being, um, I built a spellbook once. <clears throat> I was all excited. I go to play, and then I'm like, I didn't put a rhino hide in this. <laughs> How did I not put a rhino hide in this? Because I go to search for it, and I'm like, I'm a moron. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, but it's the first couple times you play it, that's, that's one of the most useful things ever, is when you sit there and you look through your spell, and you're like, damn, I wish I had X spell. Well, then... You want to make sure to make note of that stuff, because, like like Rick said, it's a very, it's a very involved game, and that's the rewarding part about it. Mm-hmm. So being able to go, oh, I needed this spell, so I just need to make room for it. Um, nothing. There's no substitute for experience. For sure. Absolutely. All right, well, guys, thank you so much again for listening to this uh, podcast. We definitely appreciate your feedback. If you'd like, please rate and review us on Stitcher Smart Radio and on iTunes. Um, We definitely always welcome your feedback. We know there's a lot of guys that love the show, and um, it it helps us get up the ratings, and it may help other people find Mage Wars. So, um, yeah, please uh, please do that, especially on iTunes. I think that definitely has the larger viewing base, or rather listening base, so... Um, thank you again. We really appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear for next episode. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Let's Level Up. Aaron is at Ned the Destroyer. And, of course, he's also available as Ladin Fans on the Mage Wars forums. Um, so be sure to try to hit us up. Just let us know what you'd like to see or rather hear. I keep saying see when I mean hear. Hmm. That's a problem. <laughs> but Aaron, you'd like to say goodbye? Goodbye. 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 <laughs>